So, how many of you ever looked back on the good old days and thought, oh, I wish I was living back then in the good old days? Anybody remember that as a Browns fan? I, I wonder sometimes about the good old days back way, way back in the 60s when the Browns were good, or maybe even the 70s way back when they were good. Sometimes we wish we could live in the good old days. But a lot of times the good old days aren't really as good as we remember them. Our memories of them are a little glossy. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's not that the times weren't all that much better. It's just our memory of them. We remember the good stuff and not the bad. It's kind of like the Facebook version of everybody's life. It's all the good stuff and very little of the bad. Our memory of those times is better than the times actually were. One example of how the new days are better than the old days is the topic of our message this morning. But before we get there, let me just give you a little history. So the Old Testament of the Bible records God's dealing with mankind. It tells how God called a people to himself and made them a nation called Israel. How God met with Israel through the high priest, who was the highest religious authority in the land. He stood before God and represented the needs of the people. So once a year on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would enter into the most exclusive part of the building, the building where people worshiped God. It was called the Holy of Holies, the place where God met with his people. Now the high priest entered in there once a year to meet with God and to ask God to take away the separation between himself and the people. It's a separation that was caused by their disobedience against him, their disobedience to God. The high priest had special access to God that nobody else had. He had special access to the presence of God that was not available to every Israelite. One man one time a year. But then Jesus came as the fulfillment of God's promise to establish a whole new way to know God and to be with Him. As a result of what Jesus did by dying on the cross and by rising from the dead, we each get to be the high priest of our own lives. That means that each one of us has the privilege and the responsibility to come before God to have our sins forgiven, and as a result, have the distance that was between us and God taken away. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. So as you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but chosen and priceless in God's sight. Talking about Jesus now. As you came to Him, Jesus, the living stone rejected by men, but chosen and priceless in God's sight. You yourselves, as living stones are built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Somebody say, holy priesthood. And to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You are a holy priest. How many remember that song? Some of you went to vacation Bible school. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Nobody, just me. All right, I'm the only one that's ever heard that. So, um, <laughs> thank you for that. I'm glad I did, was able to do that solo for you. That was a lot of fun. So uh, we are a holy priesthood, and we are called, invited by God now to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus, through what Jesus did on the cross. The sacrifices that we offer are things like humility, repentance, faith. And in return, God gives back to us things like forgiveness, restoration, acceptance, healing, peace, and power. 
being with God, talking to God, receiving from God, hearing from God, these are all components of prayer. Now, prayer is the topic of our message this morning. Let's take a few look at a few more verses from the Bible about prayer. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15, 16. Therefore, let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace whenever we need help. How many of you, uh, how many of you go to YouTube when you need help trying to figure out something? Yeah, I do too. And I learned how to set tile. I learned how to fix my electric range. I learned how to do finish sheetrock. I learned all kinds of stuff watching YouTube. There is a college on YouTube that is made available to us. But there's some things that YouTube can't help. There's some things that people can't even help. There's some things that we just need to go directly to God for. And isn't it good to know that we can confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy uh, and find grace in our time of need? Prayer is a privileged place that each one of us is invited to. It's the lifeblood of doable, powerful, and enjoyable Christianity. The next scripture I want to read to you comes from the book of James. Now we are, as most of you know, we are almost at the very end. We have one more a week after this one to finish the book of James. And it has been a great journey. I hope it's been as helpful to you as it's been to me. If you've not read through James, it's not too late. I encourage you to read through it one last time. Read through it for a review or just read through it for the first time. Probably take you 30 minutes to read through the book of James. I encourage you to do it. So James chapter 5, we started uh, the beginning of verse 16. We're going to do the end of verse 16, 17, and 18. Let me read it to you. James chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful. Somebody say powerful in its effect. Elijah was a human being as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain in the land. Then he prayed again and the sky gave rain and the land produced its fruit. Elijah prayed a ridiculously big prayer, and God answered it. How many of you ever, have ever asked for God to change the weather? That's a ridiculously big prayer, but can God do it? Absolutely. The reason this is important to us today is because we have ridiculously big problems facing us that need prayer. Division, poverty, violence, exploitation, deception... Economic uncertainty, political polarization, big problems that need a bigger solution. Big solutions that come from an unlimited God who knows all, sees all, loves all, and wants to make things right. We need to know, friends, how to get ridiculously big prayers answered. How many have some ridiculously big prayers that you are asking God to answer? Yeah. Well, that's what James, I believe, is telling us here in chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. So let's dig in and see what we can learn about how to get ridiculous, somebody say ridiculously big, prayers answered. So number one, this is pretty simple, number one, pray the prayers. Pray the prayers. James five sixteen. the prayer of the righteous person, the prayer of the righteous person is very powerful in its effect. So even though God wants good things for each person, for every 
person, for every family, for every state, for every nation on the earth. God wants good things, but they don't automatically just happen. God calls us to pray. He invites us into this process. He asks us to trust Him, to believe in Him, to have faith in Him. He tells us to pray. Now, one of the most common definitions of prayer is talking to God, and that is a great start, but probably incomplete. Billy Graham said that prayer is spiritual, two-way communication between man and God. It's two-way. It's not just talking to God. It's also listening to God, even yielding to God. Now, that's a really good definition. The definition I like the best, though, is that prayer is a supernatural exchange with God. The place of supernatural exchange with God. We give Him our weakness, and He gives us His strength. We give Him our guilt, and He offers us forgiveness. Yeah. We give Him our brokenness, and He brings us wholeness. We come with humility, and He exalts us into privileged relationship and connection with Him. We come with sorrow, and He offers us joy. We come with fear, and He offers us faith and peace. Prayer is a place of supernatural exchange with God. We can give our stuff to God and He will give us His stuff. Whatever we're willing to lay down, we can take up better than what we laid down. Prayer is the spiritual respiration in the life of a believer. Let me say it again. Prayer is the spiritual respiration, the breathing in and out in the life of a believer. Like oxygen to the body, prayer brings life and ability to the soul. We cannot overestimate the importance of prayer. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. First of all, then I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone. Let me say everyone. Now look around the room this morning and people you see. Does anybody here qualify as everyone? You see anybody here that you haven't prayed for lately? Nobody prayed for every one of them. Look, at, look around, see if there's anybody here you haven't prayed for, because Paul encouraged us to pray for who? Everyone. When's the last time you prayed for the people in this room? How about for that cranky neighbor? How about those friends, co-workers? Maybe local, state, federal government leaders, first responders, teachers, school administrators. We might need to open things up a bit as far as who we pray for. Paul says pray for everyone. Colossians 4.2 says devote yourself to prayer, staying alert with it with thanksgiving. Somebody say devote. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says pray constantly. Somebody say constantly. We cannot overestimate the importance of prayer in the life of a follower of God. So it's still 2023. It's not too late to take the 2023 prayer challenge. Some of you remember. What would the most consistent time of prayer look like for you? Is that the morning? Is that lunchtime? Is that getting away, going in your car, finding a quiet place someplace? Is that in the evening? It doesn't matter when. But friends, I encourage you to pick a time and a place and get alone with God every day for some amount of time. Whatever the next step forward is for you, maybe just five minutes every day, would be a step forward. Well, then set an alarm for five minutes on your phone. Don't look at it again. Set it down and spend five minutes with God before you do anything else. 
Maybe it's 10 minutes. Maybe it's 15, it's 20, 30. Whatever the next step is for you. Get alone in a room with God. Set a time, set a place where you can focus. Can you, can you drive to work, pray while you're driving? Absolutely, you can. But there's some work that gets done with just you and God alone in a room that doesn't get done any other way. So absolutely. Is that better than nothing? Absolutely. And I'm not condemning that in any way. You're, you're washing the dishes and praying. Go do it. Absolutely. But spend 10 minutes alone in a room with God. Spend 20 minutes. Read some Psalms and spend some time with God. Pray God's word back to him. You run out of stuff to pray. Uh, Paul said, pray for everyone. Go through the phone. Anybody still got a phone book? I bet some of you got a paper copy of the phone book laying around somewhere. God bless us. We can take the 2023 prayer challenge. Let's make appointments with God and keep them. Make appointments. Ignore your phone. It's going to beep and rattle and hiss and jump up. It's going to do all that. Just ignore it. There's no fire that's going to burn the world down in the 20 minutes that you're going to spend with God. Right? Leave it alone. I promise you will not be disappointed by spending regular time with God. I promise you. Prayer is the spiritual respiration in the life of a follower of God. We exchange our limitation for His abundance, our ability for His. Let's get serious about time with God. The commitment we keep will change us and the world around us. The commitment we keep when it comes to prayer, time with God will change us and the world around us. When you feel like you don't have time, when you say, I'll do it later, when you start to think nothing is going to happen anyway, I've been praying for this and it still hasn't changed, just remind yourself and take a breath. Just breathe in and out. Do you need new life for your soul? Spend some time in prayer. You need new abilities to accomplish the tasks that are ahead of you. You need a new perspective. Spend some time breathing in those things that God wants to give and breathing out your weakness, your frustrations, your doubts, your sorrows, and breathing back in God's provision, His love, His grace, His mercy. Prayer is spiritual respiration. Make a daily appointment with God. If we want to pray ridiculously large prayers that God answers, then we need to recognize the importance of prayer. We just need to start. Just pray some prayers. But then we need to get righteous. Number two, get righteous. Now, I mentioned this quickly last week, but we need to spend a little bit more time on it today. Because James 5.16, again, the prayer of the righteous person is very powerful in its effect. So, Tim, doesn't this verse mean that God only answers the ridiculously big prayers of the ridiculously good people? Like the super religious or the super holy people like this prophet Elijah. And wouldn't that seem to leave all the rest of us out? I don't know if you've noticed or not, but all of us, somebody say all of us, are a quirky and oftentimes inconsistent mixture of a lot of things. We all have strengths and weaknesses that show up in our lives. And Elijah was a person just like us. If we look at the life of Elijah, uh, 1 Kings 16, 17, 18, I think, we look at the life of Elijah, we see a man who saw amazing miracles. He stood boldly for God. 
but he was also someone who gave into fear, discouragement, and depression. He boldly challenged the king named Ahab, took on 450 idol-worshipping prophets of Baal on the top of Mount Carmel, called down fire from heaven in the midst of all of Israel, but then ran and hid, fearful and discouraged for his life when the queen threatened him. Our lives are often a mix of inconsistencies. Now, I believe that maturity is the process of getting rid of the inconsistencies in our lives. Let me read that again. I believe that maturity is the process of getting rid of those inconsistencies that we see in our lives. It's giving in less and less to those things that are inconsistent with someone who's following Jesus, who is trying to love other people, who wants their lives to make a positive difference in the world filled with other inconsistent, busy, distracted, and oftentimes self-centered people. How many of you know um, other people, not you guys, obviously, but other people can sometimes be difficult to get along with? Anybody know? Anybody come across that? that uh, yeah. Other people, and maybe sometimes even us, can be a little hard to get along with. But we can get rid of, we can gain maturity to deal with them in ways that are consistent with who Jesus is calling us, making us, transforming us into being. Working through this process of maturity in our lives, is that enough to qualify us as righteous? We're in the process, so does that make us righteous? No! Just because we're trying hard doesn't mean we're righteous. But it helps us to understand the problem. Because when we try to mature, when we desire to be better, we recognize that we aren't able in ourselves to change ourselves. How many of you say, man, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to stop doing that. Three weeks later, you're back to doing it or you're back to not doing it, whatever it was. How many of you are with me? Go ahead, raise your hand. Yeah, the three of you. Thank God for it. Yeah, it makes me feel like I'm not alone this morning or afternoon this morning. Yeah, we recognize we aren't able in ourselves to change ourselves. We, gotta, we, we can sort of keep rearranging the, our mental and emotional furniture. But we can't make any of it right. We can't fix it. We can't make it all work together. We can't change our desires. We can't fix our brokenness. We can't make our minds right, but Jesus can. Faith in God begins a transformative relationship with Him. When we start this journey, God clears our past record and declares us forgiven. Just as if we never sinned. Justified. Big long word. Just as if we never sinned. Record cleared off. Blanked out. Let me read James 2.23 to you. Abraham believed God. Somebody say believed. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. How did Abraham get righteous? He believed. Who called Abraham God's friend? God did. And he does the same for all who will follow in Abraham's footsteps, all those who choose to believe. How many of you want to be a friend of God? Well, I'm, you know, I, I still got some stuff in my life and it's, I'm not sure it's quite right yet, so I don't think God really wants me to be his friend. Yes, he does. Absolutely he does. How do we get to be God's friend? By getting all of our stuff cleared up first or by bringing all that stuff to God and say, God, would you help me with this mess? How many of you, um, every once in a while, Carter will get a knot all tied up and he'll bring it to me to get it untied? That's where our lives get. 
And we can sit here and we can work for years and years trying to untangle the knot, or we can just bring it to the, bring it to the Father and say, God, would you please untangle my knots? <laughs> right? We can't untangle it ourselves. We can't undo all the stuff that's been done. We can't fix it. We can try to have mental, um, we can try to think positive thoughts, we can try to do the right things, but we are unable in our own strength But the Bible says if we believe God, it's counted to us. It's accounted to our record as righteousness. How do we get to be righteous? By trying harder, by believing. By believing. Romans 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith. Somebody say faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through Him by faith into this grace in which we stand. We get there by grace, and guess what? We stay there by grace. God enables us. As we say, I, this is where I want to go. This is who I want to be. God comes behind us with, with this force, this power, this wind of grace, and continues to guide us, enabling us to do what it is that we say we want to do. We want to follow Jesus. Guess what? He's going to help us. We have access to God by grace through faith. Grace offers and faith receives. God offers it by grace. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it, but God offers it. He offers His friendship. (laughs) He offers forgiveness. He offers righteousness. And all we have to do is by faith receive it. Believe it and receive it. We are declared righteous. And then grace comes to help us become who God says we are. Come on, somebody. God says, hey, guess what? You're righteous. You're righteous. You're righteous. You're righteous. And guess what? Then he gives us grace to become what he says we are. Come on, somebody. Man, that's good news. One man said it like this. The invitation to prayer is an invitation into the impossible. God invites us into seeing the impossible because uh, become possible, not because we're good enough, not because we're religious enough, but because we choose to believe and to enter into a life-giving and life-transforming relationship with the Creator of the world. We're in this with Him. You stick with Him, He's going to get you through. Well, I, you know, I, do, I, I fall this way, my mind's messed up, my heart's messed up, you don't know what I've... If you stay with Him, He's going to get you through. An invitation to prayer is an invitation into the impossible. When you feel like you haven't had a good week and God doesn't want to spend time with you, when you feel like He's not going to listen to you because your attitude's been bad or your actions have been inconsistent, He's that reason, that's the reason that He wants us to come. Because we can't do it on our own. Our actions have been inconsistent. Our attitude's been lousy. He doesn't want us to stay away. That's the reason He wants us to come, so that we can be changed. So that He can untie our knots. So that we can be made whole by grace through faith. If we want to pray ridiculously big prayers that get answered, James gives us some instruction. We need to, number one, just pray the prayers. We just need to do the work. Number two, we need to get righteous by grace through faith. And number three, we need to find the power. We need to find the power. James 5, 16, the prayer of the righteous person is very powerful. Somebody say powerful. 
So I'm going to give you a little test based on what I just told you. How many righteous people are in the room? Well, how many righteous people are in the room? Are you righteous? You're made righteous by faith. All right. So the prayer of the righteous. Come on, somebody. Point somebody that's righteous. All right. The prayer of the righteous is powerful. Say, you're powerful. Your prayers are powerful. Your prayers are powerful. But, Tim, you don't know I've been praying and praying. Well, keep on praying and praying and praying. It doesn't mean your prayer's not powerful. It doesn't mean God doesn't want to answer it. The time's just not, not yet. Not yet, not now. The prayer of the righteous person is very powerful in its effect. So this phrase, powerful in its effect, translated into English, powerful, this phrase speaks to the potential of prayer. It points to, there's a quote from the Bible Speaks Today, message of James commentary by J.A. Uh, Motyer. Uh, this quote, inherent strength, uh, this points to an inherent strength. The strength which makes a person or thing sufficient for the task. How many of you want to be sufficient for the task? Yeah, how many feel like the stuff you got in front of you sometimes is, man, I don't know how, I don't know how we're going to make it, I don't know how we're going to get through. But prayer gives us strength that is, makes us sufficient for the task. It means potency, power waiting to be released. Come on, somebody. I mean, we'd like to see some power released in your life. Yeah, me too. Supernatural power to have joy. Supernatural power to have faith. Supernatural power to stay on track, to not get distracted, to do that one thing that God called us to do. Supernatural power waiting to be released through prayer. But it's not the prayer itself that has power. Not because, well, yeah, I, I pray some powerful prayers. That's all there is to it. I just powerful prayer. Right? It's not about the, the power isn't in the prayer. The prayer releases God's power in our world and in our lives. Prayers offered by grace through faith. God does not, He is not standing up there. Jack Hayford, some of you will recognize that name. Jack Hayford, um, God and the angel are standing in heaven and they're listening to somebody on earth pray. And um, they listened to them pray, and the angel looked at God, and God looked at the angel and says, well, if that's all they're going to do, don't do anything. Don't answer his prayer, because his prayer is not impressive enough. It's not long enough. You think that's how God is? I can tell you the shortest prayer in the Bible is answered the quickest. Peter's sinking in the water. He says, Lord, save me. And guess what happened? Jesus lifted him up, put him on the, back on top of the water. You don't need a long prayer. You don't need an impressive prayer. By the Who's going who's gonna to judge what prayer is impressive and what prayer isn't? Please don't judge your own prayers. Well, God, you know, I, I just don't pray very good. Who says? That does, not, does that sound like anything God would say? Your prayer is not that? Who does that sound like would say that to you? Your prayer is not very impressive. Who would say that to you? Yeah. You know that's not coming from God. That's either coming from you or it's coming from the, the one being who hates you wants to destroy you and keep you as far away from God, His power, His life, His truth as He can. So I wouldn't listen to that guy. Just say no to the devil. There's a song like that. Just say no to the devil. Just keep saying no. No, I ain't listening to you. It's not the prayer itself that has power. It's the prayer that releases God's power in our world and in our lives. It's not our powerful prayers. It's prayers offered in faith to an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving God who wants to make things right in our lives and in our world. It's not that God says yes to every ridiculously big prayer just because He appreciates the boldness. 
Just because you say, man, they have faith for a big prayer. He's not going to say yes to every one of those prayers just because we prayed a big prayer. God answered Elijah's prayer to stop the rain and to restart the rain because those, prayer, those are the prayers he told Elijah to pray. 1 John 5.14 This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Somebody say according to his will. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and he will do. Well, Tim, how do we know what God's will is? How do I know if what I'm praying for is God's will? And if it's God's will, does that mean that he's going to say yes right now? Let me answer those two questions real quick and we'll be done. How do we know what God's will is? Well, there's a few quick ways, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a scripture, Romans 12, 2. Write that down. Romans 12, 2. I'm going to give you Romans 8, 26. Write down Romans 8, 26. And write down Matthew 6, 10. How do I know how to pray God's will? If I want to pray ridiculously big prayers that get answered, how do I know what prayers to pray? Well, the power is associated with God's will. How do I know that I'm praying God's will? Romans 12, 2. Romans 8.26 and Matthew 6.10, renewing our minds with God's Word, Romans 12.2. Then we will know what is the perfect, the good will of God. The Holy Spirit will help us to pray, Romans 8.26. When we don't know what else to pray, the Holy Spirit will come and pray for us. Or simply praying God's will and kingdom to be produced in our lives in the world, Matthew 6.8. Lord's Prayer, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. All these are ways the Bible shows us how to know and to pray God's will. Does that mean he's going to say yes right now? No. God's got a time frame. He's got a plan. And it doesn't always make this sense this side of heaven. We've been, all of us have been through this at one time or another. But I can tell you God's going to keep his promises. When he says he's going to answer prayer, he's going to answer prayer according to his will. When he says he's going to be faithful, he's going to be faithful. It may be here, it may be there, but you're going to see God's faithfulness. We can pray ridiculously big prayers that get answered. Let's pray against the evil giants in our land today and say, in the name of God, you're going down. Let's pray for an end of lack of food and clean water. Are you with me? Is that a big prayer? Absolutely. You believe that's God's will? Absolutely. Let's pray for an end of sex trafficking and exploitation. Let's pray for an end to violence and hatred. Let's pray for an outbreak of God's love, truth, and power over the whole world. How many of you are with me this morning? Let's pray some big prayers. God is a big God, and He wants to bring these things to pass. But He's waiting, the Bible says. He's looking to and fro on the earth, to see those whose hearts are turned towards Him. Let's turn our heart towards Him. Let's want the thing that He wants. Let's love the things that He loves. Let's hate the things that He hates. Sin, evil, unrighteousness, injustice. Let's pray, let's pray ridiculous prayers that we believe God wants to answer. And let's keep praying them until we see the answer.
Brandon, could you give me a little, help me with a little background there. Let me just read this one more time. Stand with me if you can. Romans 5.16, the prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Can you say that with me this morning? The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Let's say it one more time. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Now I'll put that on you. Your, your prayer is powerful. Your prayer is powerful. I want you to think about that for a second. Think about the prayers you're not praying right now that you need to be. Think about the people you need to be praying for right now that you're not. Our prayers are very powerful. Keep praying them. Let's keep praying them. Our prayers can make a mighty difference. Even if we don't feel qualified, even if we don't think we're holy enough or religious enough, we just need to find God's heart on the subject and keep praying it until we get an answer. Yes, no, maybe, wait, keep praying until God says something. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that your word brings light. I pray that it would bring light to our hearts today. You, there's big problems in our world. There's big problems in our lives. But God, you said that we could pray ridiculously big prayers, not so that we could get what we want, not so we could use it according to our own desires, Lord, but according to your will. So help us to pray big prayers according to your will, that evil would stop, that truth would be known, that fairness would be the rule of the day in our world, that no child would go to bed hungry, abused, neglected, or thirsty. God, we agree this morning. We agree this morning. God, that you would do these things. Let love and truth and power break out in our world, in our home, in our heart. Help us to find prayers that are close to your heart, Lord, and help us to pray them. There's something in each and every... Each one of us see the world differently. And each one of us see things that are most important to us. They see things that are in focus to us that aren't in focus to everybody else. So God, I'm praying that you would show each one in this room this morning, each one hearing my voice today, that you would show us that thing that we can pray for. That big thing, that gigantic, ridiculously big prayer, God, that you're just waiting for someone to pray. You're waiting for somebody to stand and believe, to partner with you. Say, this is going to stop. In the name of God, prepare to go down. Your day is done. Father, I pray that you'd put that into each person's heart today. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're here in this room this morning. You say, you know, I've never really felt accepted by God. I, I feel like I am unworthy to be in His presence. I just feel like God doesn't want to be with me. He doesn't want to listen to my prayers. tell you today that that's not true. God wants to hear your prayers. He wants to hear you cry out to Him. He wants you to depend on Him. So you may have some ugly knots that you need untied. God can do it. 
bring all that stuff to him and let ask for his help to untie it. While you're there, just talk to him. Hear from him. Surrender to him. It's respiration. It's the spiritual respiration of people who follow God. It's breathing out the stuff that um, is broken. It's get, laying down the stuff that is hurtful, the sorrow, the pain, the fear. It's laying it down so that we can pick up joy. We can exchange our weakness for His strength, our brokenness for wholeness, our guilt for restoration and forgiveness. Friends, it's a, the best deal you're going to get anywhere. Don't keep Him at arm's length. Don't, don't be afraid that He's going to reject you, that He doesn't want you. He wants you to come. He's waiting. It's why He went to the cross. It's why the Father sent His Son. It's why Jesus went. It's why the Holy Spirit seeks those that will just look up and say yes to God so that He can come and work in them and through them. Just say yes to God this morning. I want to encourage just lift a hand and just say yes to God. God, whatever you want to do in my life today, just say yes to you. Say yes to you. You want more of yourself to live in me. You want, to, you want me to make more room for you and my choices my thoughts and my attitudes. I say yes to you this morning. God, help me. I have a lot of knots that need to be untangled. I, I got sorrow. I got confusion. I got stuff that I don't know what to do with. But God knows. He can fix it. Don't keep it from Him. Bring it to Him. Father, help us to pray ridiculously big prayers, even a prayer like God changed my life. God changed my heart. God, heal my body. God, touch my city. God, bring revival to our world. God, we pray big prayers today because you're a bit even bigger God who has answers for everyone. God, we thank you for all of this today. We just say yes. Can we just say it out loud today? Just say yes. Say yes to God this morning. Father, we thank you for it. We ask these things in your name and for your glory and by your power. That's your prayer this morning. Somebody shouted amen.